One of my favorite TV shows is a series on, I believe, History Channel on things that built America, either companies that built America, food that built America, men that built America, uh, all of these really interesting things. And uh, in the particular couple episodes on men who built America, you, you learn these things about these men from way before my time. Uh, but you learn these things about men who shaped the United States of America, men who shaped uh, the modern industrial age, men who shaped the financial industry, men who shaped all of these different things, men who shaped the electricity, all of these things that you just are, are kind of like, wow, I would not have known that that person is the person that Chase Bank is named after. I would not have known that. They say that after two generations, you have to remind your great-grandchildren who you were. You're not going to know. And as we turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 49, we see as we've continued on that Jacob is now about to depart. The text that Zach just read for us reminds us that his death is imminent. His death happens. And uh, these verses that Zach read for us point us to these blessings that Jacob bestows on his children. You see, in all of these, the men who built America, you never hear anything about their kids. Maybe perhaps they passed wealth on to them. And some of us might say, that would be enough. Well, one of the things that Jacob passed on to these generations and to his sons in whom he blesses is everlasting. Just as the promise made to Abraham is everlasting. And so what I want us to do is to set out into these specific blessings on these 12 sons of Israel that will become the tribes of Israel in later times, and for us to just explore some of these different things that as Moses writes to the post-Exodus uh, people of God that pertain to us as well, and then for us to look at what in light of Christ we ought to do and to ask the question at the end, what will be your role in the kingdom of God? What will be your role in the kingdom of God? So that is the course that I hope to set out on and for us to see these things. Before we get into God's word, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have shown us who you are and what you are like, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you are powerful. Father, as we've seen just in this study of Genesis, that in the beginning, God, you created the heavens and the earth from being formless and void. You made all things and you promised, you covenanted with your creatures to make them a great and mighty nation that in them all of the nations of the world would be blessed. And Father, as we look at these things, 
that we would be reminded that these promises are yes and amen in Christ. May we bring him glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So beginning in verse 1 of chapter 49, Jacob sets out on the course of blessing his sons. And as we've seen throughout this narrative of Genesis, throughout our study, we've seen some of these different names. And I'm going to try and flash back just a little bit as we get into this, some of the things that have affected uh, these blessings. These blessings both take into account the actions of some of Jacob's sons, and they also push forward for Moses and those who have just endured the Exodus and are wandering throughout the wilderness, Moses is writing for them to remind them of God's promise and exactly how and who these promises will be seen through. So he starts with his oldest, and there's a lot to be said about how this breakdown is done, and there are many different accounts of uh, the birth order and all of these different things. Well, the birth order is different than how Moses accounts in this record. He goes by wives. Remember the, the sermon title, Birth Wars, where he has these 12 sons through four different women? Uh, that is not an awesome thing to have as your Twitter bio. Uh, that's not a... Uh, I want to say it's not a redeeming quality, but praise be to God, he makes it a redeeming quality because he's a redeemer. And so as he starts, he starts in this particular order. And here in verse 1, Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Jacob is playing the role of prophet. Jacob is giving these blessings, not only taking into account what has been, but he is prophetically through, I would say, these revelations of God to be able to also prophesy what will be. And he says it right here in verse 1, what may happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob, listen to Israel your father. And beginning with Reuben, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. If you were Reuben in this moment, you're thinking, man, thanks, dad. I know preeminent in power and like this is great. And then verse four, unstable as water you shall not have preeminence. What have we seen all throughout Genesis that the person who seems to have the cultural right of the inheritance often doesn't have it? Joseph, as one of the youngest sons, has this dream and revelation from God that they, his brothers, will bow down and worship him. We see these fights over twins that the older will serve the younger. Reuben deserves this right. But Jacob says, because you went up to your father's bed, you defiled it. 
Genesis chapter 35, verse 22, there's not a lot in the narrative other than the reminder that Reuben takes Jacob's servant. And the text seems clear. He defiled it. So it won't be to Reuben that the promises will be made. He will not be preeminent. So let's look then at Simeon and Levi, the second and third sons that Jacob blesses. They are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their willfulness, they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. These are the only two brothers that in this blessing are joined together because in the actions of which Jacob is recounting, they acted together. Genesis chapter 34, verses 30 and 31. What do we remember? Their, their sister, Dinah, is defiled, and Simeon and Levi are misleading to those who have done such a thing. Jacob pronounces... What in verse 7 seems more a curse than a blessing. So it won't come through Reuben. It won't come through Simeon or Levi. And here comes Judah. Verse 8. Your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and a lioness. Who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him. And to, to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine in his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. It is to Judah that authority and dominion, it is to Judah that the promise of God made in the garden of a seed who would destroy the seed of the serpent, that through Abraham's offspring and to Isaac and to Jacob, it's now through Judah. We can trace this authority and dominion of the tribe of Judah all throughout the Old Testament. We can trace the authority and dominion of Judah through his long offspring, Jesus. The one in whom the scepter will not depart. The one in whom dominion and kingdom will have no end. The one in whom sits on the throne forever. But he continues to the other sons, going to Zebulun in verse 13. He shall dwell at the shore of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be at Sidon. Geographical place. Geographical 
boundary that will come into play as God's people are removed from Egypt through the Exodus and will dwell to the west of the Jordan. Hi, sweetie. Remember, these are real people. These are real people who become real tribes and playing a part in the redemptive work of the kingdom of God that will be and has been promised in Genesis chapter 3.15. The seed of the woman. There will be enmity between her and the seed of the serpent. But the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. That promise continues through these 12 tribes. I would encourage you, if you're not familiar with Middle Eastern geography, to go and probably even in the back of your Bible, you have a layout of what did the 12 tribes of Israel look like. This is a great uh, image for you to be able to see where it was that their land was to be, that their dominion, their authority, and what have you. But it doesn't just go from Zebulun, it goes and continues to Issachar. Issachar is a strong donkey. Now this one would probably be, at least in our day, Dad, I don't like that. If we could just scratch that from the record, uh, some, something maybe a little bit better. Issachar is a strong donkey crouching between the sheepfolds. He saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. So he bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant at forced labor. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backwards. Verse 18, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. These are things that Jacob is prophesying in these blessings. Remember, taking into account what has been and prophesying about what will be in these sons and the tribes that they will later represent among the people of God. Uh, Raiders shall raid Gad, but he shall raid at their heels. Asher's food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal delicacies. Naphtali is a doe let loose that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful bow. Other translations would uh, render that vine or sun. Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely, yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your father who will help you, by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above. Blessings of the deep that crouches beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of your father are mighty beyond the blessings of my parents up to the bounties of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of him who was set apart from his brothers. The blessing from Jacob to Joseph is that Joseph has been fruitful. As one commentary says, in the midst of such affliction, that there will be growth and prosperity 
amidst conflict that's represented as the fruitful vines that run over the wall. They will not be stopped. They will not be hindered. And last but not least, verse 27, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning, devouring the prey, and at evening, dividing the spoil. Now, we could very easily have taken that much slower and looked at how all throughout history uh, in the Old Testament, how God's people, these 12 tribes, represented and how Jacob's blessing was accurate in these things. I would encourage you to continue as we have last year would encourage you to read through Scripture in a year if you can. Maybe perhaps to just read through the Old Testament in a year. Whatever you choose to do, make yourself uh, familiar with these 12 tribes. Make yourself familiar with the, the reminder of how uh, God has dealt with His people in this world. So those are the blessings to the sons. Those are the blessings to the sons. A reminder for those who would hear these words from the mouth of Moses of how God is going to operate and function in his world. Remember the covenant made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And the blessings continue through Jacob's line. And they'll do so in this way. But where do we get from there to here, to today, right? We could, we could go all throughout Old Testament history. We could go all throughout these different things. Where do we get to here? How do we get to today? How do we get to the question, what role will you play in God's unfolding plan to redeem all things? What role will you play in the kingdom of God? First, I want you to be reminded we can't see the children of Israel these 12 tribes as synonymous to all of us because entrance into the family of Israel was by what physical means by birth we could go back to the four women in whom Jacob had these children and we could probably say this seems suspect at best entrance into Israel in this sense is through birth, entrance into the kingdom of God, what does Jesus tell us? It's not by physical means. He tells Nicodemus, it's by a new birth, by being born again. Nicodemus, one familiar with the law, says, how can one be born again? Should he go back into his mother's womb? And what's the reminder? You don't understand it. Entrance into Israel is by birth. Entrance into the kingdom of God is by faith. And praise be to God because the blessings that were pronounced to some of these sons, if they were pronounced on us, knowing our own actions, knowing our own heart, knowing our own allegiances, they would probably make some of the worst ones on here seem like child's play. For it is not through physical birth that we enter into the kingdom of God. It's by new birth that comes only by the Spirit. It is a gift 
of God and His goodness and grace that He sent His Son, the offspring of Judah, perfectly living, laying down His life. All of the blessings on this page in Genesis chapter 49 pale in comparison to the blessings that come through Christ. For Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 9 verse 6 this very thing that even though some of these sons were sons by birth, they were not sons of the promise. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, verse 6 of Romans chapter 9, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise who are counted as offspring. Hmm. It's not by our own physical lineage. It's not by our families. My children don't get any bonus points in the kingdom of God for being a pastor's kid. Statistically, they actually get it stacked against them. <laughs> if she knew, she'd probably say amen to that as well. That ought to remind us of a great blessing. That again, it's not because we descended from a great person by birth. I bet we could rattle off some pretty neat things about some of our lineage. And I think that would be a fun thing to do, but not for today, because we are interested not in what our physical uh, birthright is or our physical lineage, we're interested in only what it is and how Christ has saved us. If we have been saved. See, in Genesis chapter 49, Moses and, and Jacob, Moses is recounting this, is showing the people of God after the Exodus how God desires for his blessing of all nations to come about. Through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through these 12 tribes, this is how God is operating and functioning in the world. And now he's shown us how he is operating and functioning in the world. He does it through little, know-nothing churches just like ours that have been entrusted with the good news of Jesus, that faith alone comes by grace alone. And it is through Christ alone. And so we proclaim these things to the uttermost, to the ends of the earth, until this King returns. So let me ask you the question. What will be your role in the kingdom of God? What will be your role in the kingdom of God? You see, I say this often because it's been drilled into my mind. Annie and I even said it 
multiple times late last night in reflecting on our kids' actions. It's the truth that choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. For Reuben, the firstborn, unstable as water, but you shall not have preeminence. Why? Because you went into your father's bed. You want to tell me that choices don't have consequences? They do. One commentator notes that Reuben's clan or tribe did not produce a single prophet, a single king, a single priest in the entire Old Testament record. Friends, your choices today have consequences not only for tomorrow, but for all of eternity. I want us to balance the reality of our choices having consequences and the grace provided to us in Christ. And I want to try and tiptoe for a person who in their early life made horrible decisions. Horrible decisions, perhaps maybe an elementary school teacher who loved to see children learn and grow and have knowledge. One bad decision ends their career, ends their ability to be around children anymore. You may say, Sean, the grace of God covers that sin. Amen. Amen. We all come with not these whitewashed statuses. We come with sin-stained garments to the throne of Jesus, knowing that He and He alone is the one who can cleanse us. We come asking, pleading, yearning for that grace, and He gives it. But the choice of this elementary teacher causes consequences that for the rest of their lives, they won't be able to live in certain places. They won't be able to serve in certain things. And maybe, just maybe, they genuinely have a repentant heart and they want to see children learn and loved and grow in the knowledge of the Lord even. But again, that choice has consequences. Friends, what will your role in the kingdom be? What have some of your choices in the last year? Think of just 2022. What have some of the choices that you've made meant for this next year? Have you prioritized a constant feeding on God's word to where righteousness wells up and a desire for holiness in the face of our own sinfulness. Maybe perhaps the choices that we're making are those that prioritize earthly things. Prioritizing more work to gain material goods. Maybe it's prioritizing uh, other things. 
Maybe it's prioritizing binge-watching a new show. Maybe it's prioritizing the whole entire NFL season. I saw a comedian say that he records five different games a week in the NFL so that every night he can go back and he can watch a game. Friends, don't give your lives to things like that. For the kingdom of God is more important than those things. Praise be to God that the promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob continues through Judah. That the rule and authority and dominion will not leave his family. That it proceeds onward to David, the one who rules with the very heart of God. And it goes not only from David, but it continues through to other priests, and it continues through the time of silence, and it continues all the way through to the Savior, in whom provides all the blessings in the heavenly places. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam the father of Abijah. And Abijah the father of Asaph. And Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat the father of Joram. And Joram the father of Uzziah. And Uzziah the father of Jotham. And Jotham the father of Ahaz. And Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azer, and Azer, the father of Zadok. And Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud. Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan. Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. Friends, genealogies are a blessing. Genealogies are a blessing, and it's through Judah's line that we see all of the nations being blessed. For at the right time, God sent His Son. Praise be to Him who establishes this kingdom. And may we take heed to the actions of these sons of Israel, and may we desire to push forward in obedience and faith rooted in the grace that comes to us in Christ.